Welcome back. Hello, everyone. My mic was very far away from my face. Sorry <laughs> about that. I fixed that anyway. All right. Um, we're just going to jump right into it because this is extremely concerning to me. And I've this this only came out yesterday. And y'all, he's been worked up ever since he saw it. That's not an exaggeration. No, it's it? not. But I want to say a few things here before we get started. I want to say is by the by the title. Although Alan Parr is dead wrong about his recent video that he made titled Are the Bible Project, Anley Stanley, Francis Chan, John Piper, and Stephen Furtick False Teachers. Um, this was a video that just came out yesterday. So one of the things that I want to let everybody know is that I have reached out to Alan and I have not gotten a response back yet. So I'm going to be careful with what I say in this and try not to make any assumptions here. Just assume what he's saying. Because you haven't had that because response I yet, haven't but you really want to get this podcast out. Back yeah. yet. So I don't, and I definitely don't want to be accusatory or I don't want to definitely misrepresent him because I've, I've talked about Alan in the past. Um, I, I think Alan is a, a brother in the Lord. Um, I really, um, I myself have benefited from some things that he's put out. I don't agree with him uh, on everything, but certainly this is, it's not, a, he's just wrong. And it's, it's deserving um, of, of a sharp rebuke because, and I'm not necessarily saying from me specifically, I'm only talking about the issue i think yes as we as a group of teachers and people with a platform yeah i definitely um calling them out on it because he's wrong and i just i was i was really floored at many of the things that he said in this new video so like i said i, I reached out to alan i don't want to make any um hasty generalizations about what um you know anything that's going on here but I'm taking what he said at the surface because what he said at the surface level is already extremely da damaging. And this is actually something that I, I, I mentioned to him and I, I, I asked him to kind of, hey, can you not that you owe it to me, but can you explain to me how you're saying this? Um, because this is this is serious and a lot of these uh, different matters, and especially since Alan teaches a lot of solid, solid doctrine and a lot of, you know, does a lot of solid things. And like I said, I just um, I just did a video on Alan um, just w with the, that raw video that he had put out that was just very real, and I, I, I very much connected with him uh, in that way. But as I said, you know, just as I was just saying before, that still doesn't matter. I mean, Paul opposed Peter to his face when he was wrong. And I think that's what needs to happen here. Because like I said, these surface level things that Alan said are extremely damaging uh, to those of us or the the teachers. I don't, again, I, I don't mean to include myself in it, but but teachers who have put a lot of time and effort into um, looking into a lot of these, these teachers and, and not everybody who says something about these teachers is just trying to be mean. And, and that's kind of the attitude that I, you know, that we got through this video. And I know for a fact, I don't think he mean he meant to come off that way. His point in this video was very, um, it's understandable. I, I get what he was trying to do. I, I really do. Um, you know, he, his ultimate point, though, was scary in itself because his ultimate point is for Christians to be able to discern from their, for themselves whether these teachers that are listed are false or not. And you should be able to hear that in them and basically not say anything because you could be getting in the way of 
somebody hearing the gospel if you didn't. And I, like I said, I was, I was so surprised to hear something like that come out of his mouth. Um, so I guess let me just start by talking specifically about what he does in the video. He opens the segment with telling his viewers that, yes, you're going to find information on these teachers being false. And, and basically from there on opens up his case to not referring to some of these teachers as false teachers, saying that we should not refer to um, these people as teachers. But he, he disguises it in saying, well, I'm just trying to evaluate these things that are being said about these specific teachers whether or not based on these evaluations, if we can categorize them in the, in the false teacher category. Um, I mean, there's just a lot, there's a whole lot of logical error in that to begin with. I mean, that's just, there's no spiritual discern that discernment in that statement, you know, in his ultimate point anyway. Um, but he go like I said, he goes on to say, yeah, you're going to find this information. Anybody with a platform, anybody with a channel, anybody with, you know, nowadays can say that somebody's a false teacher and they can be mean and they can slander. And, and that's what Christians want to do. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, that, again, uh, that's just something that's very surprising from somebody who teaches sound doctrine in many other ways um, because when it comes to false teachers there's no there's no wiggle room in this scripture is extremely clear and I found Alan in this particular video to be relying on emotion and relying on feeling rather than biblical truth which is what so many are quick to do, right? Because you go, well, if you're really liking this and you're really feeling and feeling and feeling and feeling, right? Then who is anyone else to get in your way, essentially? Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, that's that, that's. We don't that's see red flags there. We don't hear that and go, oh my gosh. Like I could say for you and I specifically, the pastor that really connected first with me and then I shared with you and you really were like oh my gosh like he connected with us on the basis of humor right it wasn't doctrine it wasn't teaching it wasn't I mean maybe a little bit was sprinkling but it basically was humor and that at least caught our attention and got us to maybe listen for the first time and like actually be interested to dig in but i don't give that person credit no no and that's why i'm not naming any names no i know but that kind of yes god you because that person is not a sound teacher that person is not (laughs) anyone at all but let's listen but let's track that right so yes we I mean, we, we knew the gospel message. It's not that it was the first time we had ever heard it or anything like that, but we had our interest peaked through that teacher who is not a sound teacher, but we didn't stay there. Right. And, and that's where like listening to, to part of this with the Alan Parr thing, which I know you'll get into. It's like, yeah, there's some of these people like elevation, right? That's a big one. Everybody knows who Stephen Furtick is. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It might pique your interest to just the topic of Christianity as a whole, but if you continue to just live there and just like that person's okay, they're not a false teacher, don't worry about it. If you feel like you're being fed, then it's okay. Like if you're just going to continue to live there, you're never actually touching the true gospel. No, and you're never going to grow. No. And it's not. But we're far too welcoming with like, hey, if you feel good about that teacher and and they're not like blatant heretics, then it's okay. It's fine. Yeah, because we're not as Christians saying, hey, guess what? Your spiritual growth and your biblical literacy are important. They should be the forefront of your focus in your walk with Christ. You don't just show up, start drinking milk and live off of a bottle for the rest of your life, right? Like you don't just stay here in this, eh, it's comfortable and I like it and it's catchy and fun. So, hey, we're all good. I have sermon statistics that somebody put in software 
of Stephen Furtick's sermons. It was something like 30 sermons. They put these 30 sermons into the software and did a word search, and they broke down all the words and all these different things. Well, I'm, you're right. I'm going to get into this. So um, before I get into that, though, um, I want to, to also mention another thing that happened uh, the second thing in the opening that I really, really had an issue with, and I'm not just the opening, he goes all throughout, is that he only evaluates the popular scandals on these teachers. Well, and that's where when you kind of told me about this yesterday with him, I'm like, I'm willing to bet that Alan Parr hasn't truly dug it. Like, it has been a focus for you specifically. Right. You and your associate pastor broken down on our podcast so much of this. And that's it the is, way that I approached him. But it is a focus him. for you guys to take these teachers and truly break down ins and outs of all of these things, right? So that's what's just so damaging when you have someone who's so much more popular, like Alan Parr, who makes this just blanket statement of like, hey, it's okay. Yeah, exactly. You know and what I, I mean? And it's yes, like, and it, I, you know, I, I did. I took it almost personal in a minute because I'm like, there's no way that you have in, broken those things. I have put in so many hours. But of, I feel like if you would have sent Alan Parr like the breakdown of what these guys teach in and out, that but not but not tell him who they're from, he'd be like, Hey, do you agree with these doctrines? Should these be encouraged? He'd be like, Uh yeah, no. But <laughs> you not, know what and, I mean? But you is, can't as a teacher, right? So you take this very seriously, and I know Alan Parr does, but you can't have this platform and stand there and say Hey, yeah, it's all good. Don't be so worried about labeling people false teachers. If you're learning from Stephen Furtick, then so be it. And it's like, no, because the truth is, if you're learning from Stephen Furtick and that's where you're feeling fed, you are being fed a false gospel that cannot not save. save. Yeah, yeah. Why would you say what, that to anyone? Absolutely And that's the not. thing. And that's a, like Justin Peters, his whole ministry is exactly. dedicated to this. Uh, Costi Hen, who is so if Benny you're Hinn's not nephew, in it, where like that's where your focus is, is, then don't talk about it. Exactly, and, and, and don't, <laughs> don't say, say something that stupid. Into I, I get what he's trying to say. He's trying to say we don't label everybody a false teacher. But one of the things, and I under, and I agree with the point though of don't be so focused on who's a false teacher. Right, that that's right. all you and spend I your time on, and you're too. not great. I, I, get I do, that. and that's why I don't like. I that's why I didn't even really want to do this podcast. But that's not what all he said. Yeah, and it's not, and that's the problem. And it's just it was very, very. It, I felt. It, for somebody with that large of a platform to do this and to not do further research, or if he knows these things and just doesn't care, then that's really a problem. And that's kind of the attitude that I sort of got because he was like, he said at the end, he said, don't be the one that gets in the way of somebody's blessing. Listen, it doesn't matter if the, the teacher that you and I just referred to, it wouldn't have mattered if somebody would have came and ripped him down one into the other. That would have never mattered one bit to where I am right now. Nope. Because I didn't even correctly know Christ, when, of course, when I was presented. Yeah. So to where I am right now and where Christ met me, it, it's, there's, you know, it's, it's completely different. So... Um, that, that's what I said. You, you, you have, he, and he made, and this is the problem because we just recently have done a few different podcasts on false teachers. The, these have been, uh, on, you know, to the, um, the shepherds out there that, that focus their ministry on this and whether you like it or not, listeners, it doesn't. Scripture doesn't care. It, it it doesn't care what your opinion is or how you feel. If you're if you think that we're being mean, nowhere does it say that you you should interject your opinion on what the true work of men doing the gospel is. I, that's nowhere in Scripture, and nowhere in Scripture does it say that you should be careful and not label these people false teachers. It says to use right right judgment in doing so. So all of this, well, we need to be careful. We need to be careful what we call heresy and who we call heretics. Where in Scripture does it say that we need to be careful of this? Show Where? me that. Show, Show me, me those scriptures. There's, it doesn't exist. Because doesn't. when you look at the Scriptures of what it says we are to do with anyone who claims to be a teacher, just square one, you're like, oh, dang, that's really hard. Yeah, exactly. Where, you can't, the Bible you tells can't me to read, do that? You cannot read First and Second Timothy and Titus and, and say that. 
You can't. You cannot read those three books outright and say that. There's no way. And it's, it's, you can't judge off of scandals and then go and basically make, try to do the same thing about the people that are trying to uh, inform about these false teachers. They're not attempting to get in the way of somebody's blessing and they're not trying to be mean. No, maybe these people really have done research. Uh, one of, before we get, I guess I'm going to have to stick around in the number in the or, or I'm going to skip around here for a second because in the order that he goes in these false teachers, I think that um, uh, Furtick ends up being about uh, third or something that he, third or fourth in his list um, that he ends up talking about. But for somebody that has done the research, I really recommend uh, Colin Miller. Let me make sure that that's, it's not, I always get his name wrong. Yeah, it is Colin Miller. Um, I, I have seen, he has, uh, he's newer, um, and he puts out a lot of great content. He puts out some stuff that I don't really agree with. I don't agree with his views on cannabis. I don't agree with his views on uh, a couple other minor things, but it's, this guy is very, very sound. He is, uh, very educated. He's young. You'd be like, really? This, this is a kid. Yes. No, but he's a, He's working on his master's of divinity now, which is, I mean, it's, you know, not that certificates and all these things mean anything, but, um, but the kid's he, not all talk. He's not, he's not all at. talk. He knows what he's talking about and he knows what he's doing and he's, and he researches these things. And this is it, what his ministry is focused on. And he gets all of this all of the time. You know, you're being mean, you're being hateful, you're quote unquote, like, you, you know, Alan said, you're getting in the way of people's blessing. You know, uh, who are you to judge all this, you know, all the heretic cries. There's, there's, there's a list of these common ones that, that, you know, these just arguments that people just don't understand their logical fallacies, but they keep, you know, they keep using them. But anyway, this one he did uh, on Stephen Furtick. Okay. This is fascinating in uh, you know what? Let me see. I have his actual thing pulled up here. So this is a, a short list on 10 different sermons. Okay. Listen to this, right? This is his bullet point list that he put together. One, he used the word sin six times in 10 sermons, but called out sin zero times. Okay, and then he goes on to give the examples of where he talks about sin and listen to just I won't read all of them, but here's a few examples of where Furtick mentions sin and in what context it says you just heard this message today and you're paralyzed, not physically. Maybe it's a spiritual paralysis that sin creates. Okay. So that's our first use of sin here. That's our okay. first, but that's not directly calling out sin. No. Okay. And then the second uh, quote he has here, do you know Enneagram? You put a number, well, first problem right there, but anyway, you put a number and that's kind of your domain, sin or weakness or something, and you can understand it and all that. That is really what it is. Again, not, I don't even really know what his point was there, but it's not directly calling out sin. Yeah, I'm really not sure what we're even going with at that. And he says, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. We shake that right now, like the dirt off our feet, like the snake off our hand. Uh, this is, so he sort of quotes scripture, but then doesn't really call out sin. Um. Again, he talks about the sack. I mean, these are just the examples that he even uses the word sin. Okay. Then Colin's next point here is he used the word hell three times, but never warns anybody about it. Okay. These are the context in which he used hell. Don't even try to summarize salvation and just make it about heaven and hell. What? What? That's, that's the, that's the statement. Don't even try to summarize salvation and just make it about heaven and hell. Okay. So what is salvation about? I'm pretty sure that's the gospel. <laughs> <laughs> that is the gospel. That's weird. 
I like to imagine it Sunday morning when he was standing there with the keys of death, hell, and the grave. Again, no warning. And then Colin's point here, he, he notes, this is Fertick's quote, This woman screamed in agony like she was thrust into flames out of an eternal hell, like she had just survived a head-on collision with a UFO. So that's the other where he used the word hell. So Colin notes contextually, he's actually telling a weird story here, not talking about the biblical concept of hell. Again, no warning. Uh, but check this out. Look at, he notes the various other words and their usages. He uses love 72 times. He uses hope 22 times. He uses faith 88 times. Uses Jesus 246 times, uses God 994 times, and uses heaven 19 times. But he used the word sin six times and zero times correctly. And then the word hell three times and never once correctly. This is in 10 sermons, mind you. And honestly, you guys, if you study in deeper, it really never gets better. No. And Colin's video is called This Should End Stephen Furtick's Career. He's gotten a lot of blowback on it, but it's his research. It's a, it's a short video, 10 minutes and 38 seconds, that he's narrowed all of his research down into of breaking down basically a year's worth of Fertix sermons, not just 10. I, th I believe the number is 300, if I'm not mistaken, that he did. Well, you also have to imagine that most of the people they're arguing, you know, are being upset about giving him the blowback for this. It's like, are we using proper biblical reasoning for why you have blowback to this or just emotion and feelings? And but I like him and he's great. and He's really successful. Right. The, the same hair cries that we hear whenever we talk about calling out false teachers and everybody starts going, but look how many benefit from them. But look how blah, blah, blah. Right. It's always the same thing. Again, those are common arguments that people continually give that are completely invalid i mean it's just it's i mean therefore you're defining something rather than letting the bible define it you know and that's that's your first problem and i just you rest your case there but uh i believe the the number was 300 that he listened to and he put 300 of these sermons in not once not once did he give a proper gospel presentation. Not once. In 300 sermons. Not one time. So you're telling me don't get in the way of someone's blessing they might be receiving from Stephen Furtick when in 300 sermons the gospel is never biblically presented. And Alan. How? Alan plays off, and of course he goes to the scandal that everybody knows about Fertig. T.D. Jakes, and then he's got this, this weird idea of, you know, everybody's heard that clip of Jesus broke the law, which, I mean, all of these things are damning in themselves. Um, so, yes, they are, and that's, that's where he was very wrong, but that's where he just generalizes it, and he goes, well, based off of just these things we can't label him a false teacher what, you're insane and he goes and and tries again and this is where i i don't think he has done enough research because he defends what Fertick says and a few things and he goes i'm not trying to or he goes i'm not sure what Fertick is trying to say here but and then he presents this this case and he goes, well, we can't, we can't base it off of this. Well, guess what? People that have done research into him, it's not just a generalization based off of one scandal. These are complete, these are, these are issues that have, that have come back around. And this isn't just me saying this again. This is people that have put in the work to do this. Justin Peters, as I mentioned, and, and Costi Hen, who was involved in all of these things. 
He was involved in all of these things with his uncle, Benny Hinn. And now he has come to truth, and now he is a, a light against the new apostolic reformation, against this seeker-sensitive gospel, this ear-tickling gospel, and now he, he notifies people of it. He doesn't go and beat people's heads in. Costi presents it great. But he's got a spine for Christianity and stands up for biblical truth and doesn't let this, this whole week, you know, this whatever this we Christians and a lot of commentators have completely lost their boldness. It exists nowhere. And it's, it's frankly, it's disgusting because it's not being legalistic and it's not being hateful. It's not being any of these things. It's standing up for truth. Just as we see Paul doing, we see Peter doing, we see Jude, we see James, we see all of, all of the new Testament writers. And then we see Jesus instructions. Again, you can't look at the way that Jesus handled false teachers. Go read, go read the woes to the Pharisees. I mean, that, there's nothing nice in there. There's nothing careful about, hey, hey, whoa, whoa, Jesus, whoa. They're saying some good things, though. So, so maybe don't get in the way of these, you know, believing in you. Like, wh what kind of logic is that, that a solid Detroit even say something like this? I don't know. I, I mean, I added, a, a, you know, and paraphrased a few things in there. But that, this is his point. Like, he doesn't understand and he doesn't know. And as you alluded to earlier, Heidi, this is what's so damaging and what's so hurtful to the people that have put in the work of this that warn weak-minded people about things like this. And then you're just going to come cruise along with your huge platform and go, yeah, don't worry about it. That's ridiculous. It's all good. That's silly. No, it's not. It's truth. Well, and especially when we have spent so much time personally one-on-one -on -one with people who, from this list that Alan Parr specifically did, were really messed up from these churches and their teachings. And so when you are dealing in the, the trenches, you know, with people who are so spiritually screwed up because of the teachings of these various people, not every single one on the list, but a handful on this list here, when you're dealing with that day in and day out, and then somebody comes out again with this big platform and is like, hey, don't get in the way if you're here, blah, 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 whatever. And you're just like, oh my yeah, goodness. Yeah, because guess what? I have... I have members in my church who have come out of elevation. And do you know how screwed up their doctrine is? Do you have any idea? And we've gone to elevation before. So I'm like, you know what? Yeah, not surprised. Because guess what? We lived in Charlotte for like over the past decade. And so seeing the effects of what that church does to that area, y'all don't even understand. Like tip of the iceberg. Oh, it is the most superficial, fake, Pharisaic. I mean, you would not believe it. Um, and it's, you know, whatever. It just, it, it really, really upset me. Even if he didn't know and didn't do this research, why would you come out and make a video about these things just off of these basic generalizations and say, and undo and this is what I told him. I said, I feel like you undid the work of a lot of people by what you said. Because I went and look at the comments on his page here. And I'm not even going to get it. I've already rant enough. So I'm not going to get a chance to go into every single teacher that he spoke of. But I'll, I'll kind of summarize in a second. But reading the comments on here, he says, I, I mean, it's just un believable excellent video um let's see I, I struggled with the ravi zachariah scandal when i first heard of it because his message would really resonate with me as if his words were of god i prayed about it and realized my faith wasn't based on any man but jesus christ no one was perfect but him through that brought me peace i also prayed so he, this this guy continues to build his case against why uh, in his personal experience, how he came to know Christ through Ravi Zacharias. So that's, that's you know, he, Alan is right, and we have to be careful and not classify these things and, and not say these things. Um, and then he says, 
Uh, and then uh, Alan hearts this comment right here. Listen to this comment. I always lean on the dollar analogy. There are people whose job is to defect fake or detect fake dollar bills. They don't study all the different fakes. They become so knowledgeable of the details of a real dollar bill that the fake is evident. We must become so knowledgeable of God's true word, strengthen our connection with God that when we approach when we are approached with false teachings, the Holy Spirit reveals it to us. Okay, where do you get this base from? If you don't have any discernment in the beginning, where are you getting discernment from? I mean, but again, and I don't mean to read people's comments that aren't even on my video, but I mean, all of these. I don't understand how most Christians don't understand this. Glad you made a video about this. You never, you never disappoint, Brother Allen, to hit the needed subjects. Um, you know, fi oh, finally, I think we have one person. Um, yeah, we only have one person here that finally mentioned something. And this is I haven't seen since yesterday. Um, he, one person finally mentioned something about Francis Chan because he makes a generalization about Francis Chan. But anyway, all of these are relative, are all positive, except for even that one that's about Francis Chan is still positive, even though he's informing him that no, Chan didn't just share the stage, but he also affirmed a lot of their teachings. Um, there's 2,814 comments on there. Just to give you a little bit of perspective here, this has 6.1 thousand likes, this video, and 297 dislikes. See, and this is the whole issue with us as the church today, right? Just the, the, the wide term of that. We are so okay never growing in our spiritual maturity or our biblical literacy. Because how can you study the full counsel of God's word every single day of your life as a new believer and listen to stuff like that? Go listen to those teachers. Listen, look at the outcome of Ravi Zacharias, of what Francis Chan is doing, of what, you know, uh, elevation, all of these things, right? How can you look at all of this and go, yeah, it's okay. What's wrong? I think that Alan is depressed and I think, and I mean, again, this is just, I shouldn't, I shouldn't make any kind of general judgment, but this is just from what I've, I've gathered from his videos that he's put out and he's put out a couple of very raw, honest videos. So this judgment doesn't, you know, it's not a judgment. It's just, um, you know, a thought, I guess I should say. Yeah. It's, comes, assumption. it's, it's an assumption because. The, a lot of the videos he's put out, and I, again, this isn't about trashing him. This isn't, I, you know, I would love to have him on to debate this or even speak about this or, or you know, like I said, I've reached out to him and I haven't, you know, nothing um, in, in a few forms. So um, anyway, you know, he just having, making these, general assumptions off of these serious things that that many people as i said have put the work into has just been extremely damaging and i wish that he just realized that but like i said i think he is depressed and i think that he is looking for positivity out there and unity. And I think that that's an idol that every Christian, especially in our world today, has a struggle with chasing after. And because why wouldn't we want that, right? You look right. at how divided everything right. is. And I, I see your point on that because we do. We look at the, the just status of the church today, how divided it is, how crumbling it is. And it sucks. It hurts yeah. and you want to see that come on you guys yeah. are we all teaching the same like let's come together it's not supposed to be this way but when you do that i feel like you're completely ignoring the lord's words of hey what's going to be the sign of your coming of this time and 
deception, 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 deception. deception. And you false look around the church and it's like, and false converts, man. false believers. And that's, that's the point. It's, uh, you know, we, it's we, all the mustard seed church and guys, that's, that's bad. <laughs> it's not a good thing. He's made videos on these, on these people that have, you know, all of a sudden left the faith. Well, you can't. Where do you, where do you think they're leaving the faith? Because they bought into the this fake faith that isn't true faith. in the first place. You know, and and that's the problem. And in the process, that it is honestly, it's a completely invalid argument to say, well, you know, you not everybody can have meat. That's not the gospel that Paul brought. That's the argument that makes me so nutty because everybody goes, well, you can't come at people at a hundred. Really? Because Paul says in Galatians 1, 8, that if anybody, including an angel from heaven preaches to you a different gospel, let it be accursed. Yeah. So I don't, Paul was very straightforward with that. And he, throughout the rest of his letters, he was very straightforward with this it doesn't matter how you think or feel the gospel should be presented the gospel is offensive in itself it's and it sounds insane to the world and you know uh, you know we're lying to to our flocks and and our the people that you have influence over when you're saying things like that because you're afraid to you're, I don't, you know, I don't know what, I don't know if you're, if it's eventually trying to gain subscribers or to gain, I, I don't know. I'm not accusing. I don't, I don't have, I don't know why he would do this. I really don't. And, and that's kind of what I asked, uh, you know, but you know, I, like I said, I think just making a generalization off the personal videos that he's made and of coming out with this. I'm like, man, I, I really think that you are are chasing after that idol that, that as I said, that we, uh, all of us Christians have a tendency to want to go after. Um, I know that even I do, because even I second guess even saying some of these things a lot of times. I go, man, maybe I shouldn't, you know, um, maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I should just give it time and give it, you know, all these different things. And there is a lot of cases where that's true. Um, but... You know, you can't read scripture and you can't read first and second Timothy and Titus and you can't read Peter and, and come to the conclusion that you should just shut your mouth and just let it all work itself out and, you know, get in the way of somebody's blessing. Like you can't you can't find any of that in scripture. Um, as I said, this is, you know, Peter tells us in first in Peter five, eight that Satan you know, he, he prowls around like a roaring lion seeking somebody to devour. Um, I mean, we, and then Paul mentions in 2 Corinthians 11 that Satan, is, Satan himself disguises himself as an angel of light. So it looks and sounds right. They Guess what? Satan can preach the gospel. It's, it's possible that you have somebody saying something that's correct, but they are they are saying something else that is extremely incorrect, and you just pacify that by saying, "Well, yes, but they're pe they're teaching something correct, so that's what we should focus on." No, where do you get the, when Paul says that we are to be careful of this? Peter tells us that Satan. Roar, are we supposed to are we supposed to join and, and and drink the cup of demons as well? Is this what we're supposed to do? No, this is exactly what we're not supposed to do. Jude four says, uh, for certain in Jude is one chapter for anybody that's confused. So it's Jude verse four. For certain people have crept in unnoticed who long ago were designated for this condemnation. Ungodly people who pervert the grace of our Lord God and do sensuality and deny our only Master and Lord Jesus Christ. Certain people have crept in unnoticed. First John four one warns us, beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. Jesus says in Matthew seven thirteen through fifteen, enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction, and those who enter by it are many. 
For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life and those who find it are few. Few. Many to destruction, few who find eternal life. Beware in verse 15 of the false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. What does he say if you skip down to verse 21 in Matthew 7? Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. The gospel that is being preached by many of these people is a gospel, as you said earlier, Heidi, is a gospel that cannot save. Does that mean that people in there aren't saved? There are some saved people in there. I'm sure of it. I'm, I'm 100% sure. But it's that not because. Saved. But it's not of. because. And never at any point should this be accepting. And we should never accept a false teacher as a bridge to the truth. That's insanity. What kind of, what kind of house is that built on? That, that's not building a house on a solid foundation. I've heard the phrase, I've heard it used correctly maybe once in the past few weeks by a dear friend. But here I've heard the phrase um, incorrectly used more than, than not of um, chew the meat and spit out the bones. You know, eat the meat and spit out the bones, basically. That is the most unbiblical statement Ever. There's nothing biblical about that. So keep listening to, you know, not completely sound teachers. Take what's good and just throw out what's not. That's okay. Let's do that. Okay, what, show me biblically. What does what does scripture say? A little leaven. A little bit. Do you understand how leaven works? If you're a baker, if you bake a lot of bread, you know how this works. You know that it does not take much. And it causes a huge problem. This is what the par- this is what Jesus talked about. This is what the apostles talked about. This is not something that comes from our meaning thoughts and opinions. This is ridiculous. And it's it's you at some point we have got to have a spine and say no. This is not okay. But we don't. We're a bunch of just we. I mean, even even the solid ones are wanting to chase after this ear tickling direction. They want to go in that way. Come on, give me a break. No, we don't go around condemning everybody, but let's be real here. Part of our job per second Timothy two, rightly handling, rightly dividing the word of truth. So shepherds, these instructions to Timothy were for pastors, for shepherds, for teachers of the word. We are to rightly divide and rightly handle the word of truth. Most people don't understand that there is a division in scripture, a right division of when we're talking about false teachers and prophets, and we're just talking about these little ones and just general believers who don't understand these things. All of the focus and attention and anger focuses in on the shepherds and on the teachers. I'm studying this in Zechariah 10 for this week for, for, for tomorrow. That's what, what I have put together. Ezekiel 34. Jesus on the scene rebuking the, the leaders, the teachers. Israel was always inclined to this ear-tickling gospel. This is what we will continually do. But the, the anger is focused on them, and it is, it is on them to teach these things and to understand these things. But we, I have been attempted to be corrected so many different times, and I'm going, well, well wait a minute. You're not understanding that Timothy... And first and second Timothy and Titus, both of these are speaking to a different audience than what we're we're speaking to here for for you in your in your little basic 
milky belief. We're talking to teachers here. And in that, there is strict warnings about false teachers and about these very things. This, well, you know, even though, you know, people should just be discerning. Where do they build that house of foundation? Where does it come from? You don't just hope it works out in the end. A lot of times it doesn't. Look how many more people walk away from the faith than come to the faith. What kind of ridiculous nonsense are you spewing when you don't understand and you don't present the truth of the church and the the condition of the church right now currently in the world today? How can you look at this garbage mess around here and, you know, you know, it's blessed. Hey, blessings. And just talk about all this good stuff. That's idiotic. There's no logic to it whatsoever. In unity? No, this is a time where there's, there's, there's very much division. Now, I get the point that he's trying to make with trying to say that inside the church, we don't want to seek division and you you know no absolutely it it these things divide us and it defiles the church that's not what it, but enlarge that's why i'm saying that's why this is a difference between what you think is for brothers and, and and these little ones as opposed to what's for teachers and what we really should be saying and doing and a lot of time these sheep have a really loud voice but sheep are dumb Sheep don't know what they're talking about. The shepherds are supposed to be given, given this ability through by the Lord to, to be able to teach the people and to teach them correctly. That is a noble job. It does not give you any kind of authority. But the Bible and the Lord has authority himself. We are only the vessels, but that is a huge responsibility. Huge. And to make these kind of statements about these things is just, it's, it's, it's wrong. He's dead wrong. I, like I said, I'm not going to get a chance to go into every single one of these teachers here. I'll just end on these, these few things that he talked about. He, he went and, and, he, he generalized Francis Chan's issues, which I highlighted in a more recent podcast um, because Francis Chan earlier this month of May in the beginning of the month did a very raw podcast uh, with another theologian uh, that was about an hour or so long and laid out his beliefs, what he's saying. He laid a case against his... Um, his former circle, uh, he, he denounced his former circle of beliefs and, um, which he kept referring to, and, and this would be John MacArthur, this would be, uh, Phil Johnson, this would be anybody in the more, uh, reformed kind of premillennial camp, uh, Steve Lawson, all these different things, you know, and, and he's played the victim now about them having concerns about his doctrine and who he's associated with. And, you know, again, that's another, that's another one of the very common things that these, these false teachers will do. So it's unfortunate that he's displaying this one of these traits because, but again, that's just one of the things that they do. So I highlighted that I've done that. Um, but no, the issue with Francis Chan is far more than just him hanging out with, with Todd White. Um, he read his, Alan Parr read Todd White's statement, or not Todd White, uh, Francis Chan's statement on his website about his association. Um, but there's so many fallacies in Francis Chan's statement. It's not biblical. It's, it deals with emotion. It deals with feeling, and, and I mean, there's nothing biblical about that statement. But Alan reads that as a defense to 
um, because Francis Chan says, okay, yeah, no, basically I don't agree with everybody that I hang out with. I don't, uh, you know, people accuse me of that, but that's not true. I disagree with them and basically gets this idea of, yeah, I don't want to step in the way of somebody's blessing. So, you know, why, why are we going to be mean and hateful and, and, and seek to divide the church? No, that's wrong because you're, you're, you're making a case against somebody standing for biblical truth and not on their own authority, but what on what, what scripture says. But again, these, these sheep, they, they, you know, the, it's the people that want to speak up and, and it's the people because it's, that's who these guys are talking to. So the, it's the people who rise up and they go, no, he's not a false teacher because he said, and, and that's not, you don't know his heart. And then they'll go along the, you know, of course, you'll, you've, there's eight, 10, 12 arguments, uh, common invalid arguments of false teachers that, that, that are consistent, that somebody finally put together a list of them uh, that we had posted along in that Francis Shans podcast. So if you want that resource, go there. Um, because it's these, I mean, it's common. You get the same ones over and over and over again, and they're all emotionally based and not not biblically based at all but there's a lot more issues with francis chan than just that so that that's very misleading very harmful um his his thing on john piper okay i i sort of agree with him on that one i don't i don't think we should label uh john piper a false teacher because of the misconceptions of what people said i think that he's taught far more solid doctrine than he has questionable doctrine uh, to, to say that, yeah, he didn't mean that. Now, if he's come out and says, yes, I affirm uh, these things, that that's then okay, then I would say, then I would disagree with him on that then. Um, and I would say, yeah, that's not good. And I would have a, a strict concern about Piper, but I don't know that about him. And, and I, uh, you know, I guess that's me being ignorant for not researching more into Piper on this. Uh, but, but good for you saying, hey, I didn't research into uh, that, so I'm not going to say. I didn't. So I don't, I don't know that. So if somebody says, you know, hey, he did affirm these things recently, and, and then I'll say, okay, <laughs> then I, I concede to that, and I agree. Then he should not do that, and that makes him um, absolutely um, somebody that deals with false teachings. I don't know if I could label him a false teacher but he teaches things that are false and that can be true about things and people don't realize that it's like it's not that it makes them a false teacher because they're necessarily teaching things they could not be aware of it they could be doing it for personal gain they could be doing it for whatever reason um you know but I, I, it wouldn't because of what they say in other areas and what they affirm and and knowing that they are definitely not far far off the rails then of course you cannot label them a heretic we can't just go throwing the word heretic around at everybody especially for a man like john piper i don't think that word fits false teachings yes um you know so whatever i i sort of agree with him on that one um again i think we have to put chan in that category only because of what he's recently affirmed and in who he's shown his true character to be. So I pray that he comes back to truth, but I think that it's time to hand him over and, and, and just rebuke him to his face. And that's what's been done. John, John MacArthur does. He speaks about it in the podcast. And he basically is, you know, like, yeah, whatever. I don't know what to say about that. You're not loving. Um, so I think that pretty much shows what we need to know. Um, again, we already, I skipped the the list with was talking about Furtick first um then he goes on to talk about Andy, Andy Stanley which is Charles Stanley's son everybody knows Andy's you know very popular in in, in the Christian world um I I don't care about Andy Stanley really um I don't I don't view Andy Stanley in the realm of solid at all Andy Stanley is the one that said that hey, you don't need to go to church during the lockdown because that's not what the Lord said. He said that people wrongly quote Hebrews and say that we're commanded to gather. He said, no, you're wrong. Um, so, you know, whatever. I don't I don't like Andy Stanley to begin with, but I wouldn't recommend him, period. Um, 
then he goes on and speaks about the Bible project. And of course, he only brings up just the surface level things of propitiation and Tim Mackey's views or teachings on hell. So it's only these surface level things that Alan deals with. But that's where it really upsets me because they have a large platform. And the Bible Project, I, I do not recommend. And I'll, I'll do a separate podcast on them. I just really hate to um, because I think with them, it needs a little bit, things need a little bit more time to come out with them. I think more, I have a lot of resources on that. And, and you know, uh, Tim is very, very educated, very knowledgeable, brilliant editor and, and filmmaker and, and, you know, all these different things. Um, but there is a lot of very concerning things with the Bible Project, just a lot of very underhanded, sneaky things. And it's like, it's not little stuff. No. It's big stuff that when you dig into them and all, and you're just like, oh, no, so no, like no. there are teachings on Genesis and demons and everything, right? Like he tells, he's very knowledgeable in Hebrew studies. So what he does is he is, he teaches one side of what the reformed Jews would teach, which is more so of a spiritualization of a lot of these things. While he presents a true case for the origin of these things. And, 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 but he just gives the basic inform just the basic front, but kind of hides the, the bigger aspect of it and says, okay, yeah, you don't need to worry about that. And doesn't tell the full truth. And, you know, do you have to give a full? No. But that's why we don't judge just off of one thing. We go and we judge off of all of their different series and different things that he said on this. And it's, it's very, very consistent that he has an interest in spiritualizing everything including satan and hell to where i'm going to give you the answer that's technically right or the the, the presentation that's de technically correct but it's not the full story and it's not the full teaching on this uh, like like I said, this is like Genesis with, with Satan and the Satan. And, and I hate that teaching, anybody that mentions that, because that's although that's true in, in everything that he's saying in, there, in, in his comparison, and this also is with Job. Um, he, in, in their whole overview of the book of Job, it's spiritualized. He's speaking as if Joe, Job and his friends were not real. And that's a very popular Jewish teaching. A lot of different Reformed rabbis. When I say Reformed, I'm talking about re Reformed Judaism, not Reformed Christianity. Yes, they have Reformed Judaism. It, it exists because and it's, it's, it's nearly similar to ours. They seek to spiritualize everything everything and add analogy and they, they, they do a lot of that. Um, which again, some of it is true, but, ref but some of this, they, they just seek to spiritualize this and go no further because Jesus. And that's it. That's where we end the story. And we don't tell the full story of, n n no, um, 
And Satan is a very real being. And the demons are very, very real. Hell is very real. All of these things are not just some um, spirituality that we create. And that's what his whole teaching was that, you know, we create hell. And that God's whole idea was to get the hell out of earth. And this whole just wacky teaching on hell. Um, it, you know, it's, it's just very underhanded because you're telling people, well, you don't have to worry about those legalistic discerning Christians. Because you'll get it figured out. And Jesus is love. And he's not anything about judgment and repentance. And that's the other part. They don't, they don't speak about propitiation. That's what Alan highlights. And he goes, all of these different things are not reasons to not recommend them or to call them false teachers. And I don't, as I said, I think I have to... It's very underhanded, and I believe that um, that the Bible Project does teach a lot of false things. But I, you know, I, I'm reserving calling Mackey or anything else a heretic or a false teacher for more information. Um, and again, you can't judge off of what they've done right. That just that doesn't that doesn't affirm. Than false teachers because false teachers is like you know it's a broken clock they can be right twice a day uh, they can be largely right like satan disguising himself as an angel of light they can be all right and, and appear right but inside he's very underhanded and very sneaky when you start talking about the doctrine of of salvation and the doctrine of hell and and spiritual in 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 kingdom now theology replacement theology which which spiritualizes a lot of these things just like uh, you seek to do you seek is is this being the kingdom of god here and jesus brought it and this earth is very good and we love it and and get comfy here you know put on your seat belts that's satan that's an angel of of that's that's satan disguising himself as an angel of light and it's getting you into a form of this worldliness that you're, you don't even realize coming through post-millennialism, which, you know, seeks to to ultimately build this kingdom on earth before Christ can even or does even return for the second time. So there's a lot more problems than just surface level things here. And I, that's again, I didn't I don't mean to completely um you know trash alan or to um call alan out as a false teacher because he he listed himself as uh, is can you call alan parr a false teacher because he teaches eternal security and some people uh, call him a false teacher because of that and you know these things like you know it, it doesn't matter what going to this point where i said you know he was the last person of can you you know call me a false teacher and he kind of goes on about how he gets upset you know that people say these things and and i'm like okay but people people have said that about me too i mean and people say that all the time that's just what people say who cares i mean it doesn't it, yes people are always going to call you false if they don't agree with you they called the prophets false the real prophets false they didn't want to hear it. They said, go away. He, the Lord didn't give you any word. Get out of here. So, I mean, who cares? That still doesn't, that, that, even if somebody does or wants to have that opinion, that can't change your approach to things and, and your boldness. And I feel like that was that was kind of something that, that I got the sense of throughout this whole video. So, um, I won't rant on it too much more but he is dead wrong and i mean he's dead wrong because of scripture he's he's dead wrong because of what the bible says about false teachers and about how people that have platforms and shepherds how about that they are to call them out they are to deal with these things head on not on some self-righteous crusade that they just are standing up for truth like who are you no you you have the authority of scripture that you're standing on you're not you're not trying to gain anything for yourself 
you're standing up for for what what is right there written that i mean if people perceive that as as is being uh is me being you know uh, prideful and trying to take have authority or something like that then that's their problem not mine because that's not that's not what we're doing per per paul and in, in his instructions to pastors in the new testament uh, these things are absolutely the duty to to say and discern and to not just be okay with so I encourage everybody to be a Berean and search the scripture for themselves in these things. And, and you know, if you're going to come up with arguments in these things, at least have a biblical argument and a biblical presentation for it. Um, and, and not in, in complete out of context using poor, uh, you know, biblical interpretational tools um, using emotion. You know, we need to interpret biblical truth for biblical truth and call these things out. So. That's my rant. That's it. That's it.